Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 164 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to look at the first of four key questions you need to be asking in Bible study. Let's dive in. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about this idea of Bible study. And last week, we talked about this idea of saturation, that as you come to the Word of God, I would encourage you not just to let it be a few minutes of your day or a, you know, a chapter a day keeps the devil away or you know mark it off of a list and then go about your day, but rather what would it look like to soak, to saturate, to marinate in the word of God? So take a passage and just ponder it, think about it, pray over it all throughout the day. That really is the essence of really good Bible study. Again, it goes back to what the psalmist says, where I meditate upon your word day and night. Well, today I want to get into the very heart of Bible study itself and give you some practical tools of how to study. Now, if you've heard me teach on this before, I've often talked about three key questions you need to be asking in Bible study. But over the last couple of months, I've kind of tweaked it and I've actually included four key questions for Bible study. And I want to look at the first one today with you. The first one really is kind of the foundation for all the other ones. In other words, if you don't spend your time in the very first question, well, then the other three really don't make much of a difference. And you're actually going to find that the majority of your Bible study time is going to be contained in this first key question. Now, here's the first question to ask in Bible study. Now, the question is, what does the passage say? And it goes to this idea of observation. In other words, before we even want to figure out what does it mean and and how do we apply this passage into our life, we first have to ask the question, well, what is actually happening in the passage? So again, in order to do good Bible study, you must start with this concept of observation. Now, observation is simple in one sense and rather difficult in another. It is simple because all we're really doing is just making a list of the things that are going on in the passage. But it is sort of difficult because you begin to discover that there is a lot of depth to the word of God. And therefore there's a lot of bunny trails you can explore and a lot of just things that you probably need to wrestle through if you're really going to get some good observations. 
But let me give you the trick or the kind of the secret to a really good observation. Here it is. Are you ready for this? <laughs> the secret to good observations is asking great questions. See, when I come to the text and I begin to ask the te text questions, what begins to happen is I start to see things in the text that I normally, I tend to gloss over or just miss. For example, in Mark, it says that Jesus went up onto the hill and the grass was green. Now, a good question to be asked is, well, why would the author, Mark, include the fact that the grass was green? Like, is there any significance to that? And what does it tell me about the area that Jesus is in? Now, if you live in a lot of parts of the world, it is green all year round, but that's not true in the Middle East. In fact, we know that because the grass was green and Jesus is preaching up, up in the shores near the Sea of Galilee, we know that it's likely sometime in the spring because that's when things are green. Now, you could ask another question and say, well, so what? Like, what difference does that make? And you have to wrestle with those kind of questions. But again, asking the question is the key to good observation. Now, let me give you the secret to asking great questions. The secret to asking great questions is asking the question behind the question. And what I mean by that is don't just stop with a single question. See, a lot of times we, we ask a question and we get some information and then we just stop. But really the depth and the insight is hidden behind the question itself. As a cheesy example, say, say this kid gets home from school and the mom says, hey, Johnny, uh, how is school today? And when Johnny replies, fine, he did respond to the question, but she actually didn't really learn anything. So a good mother knows to ask a question behind the question. And so the mother will say, well, Johnny, what do you mean fine? And he'll you know, probably give some sort of reply and she'll ask another question and then maybe another question to keep getting at the heart until the information she actually wants is revealed. Well, the same thing's true about scripture, that as I come to scripture and I begin to ask it questions, don't just be satisfied with a single answer or just a single question, but continue to ask the question behind the question. Well, maybe for an illustration, let's look at Acts chapter one, verse eight. It's that famous passage where Jesus declares to his disciples right before he ascends, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, one great question you could ask is, well, what does Jesus mean by power? Like, can I point at somebody and electrocute them? Like, what, what kind of power? Does that mean I have the authority? What, what does he mean by the word power? By merely asking the question, right, it's kind of dangling out there, I now need to spend some time and actually figure out the answer to that question. And so I may need to do a word study and find out that the word power is the Greek word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite, but it's, it's that word that has this idea of it's the presentation of power. It's the demonstration of power. And so Jesus is saying you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Oh, so the only way I'm going to get power is when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. So if I was in your shoes and I was going to make some observations of this passage, what I begin to do is just make a bullet list of things that I see going on in the text and questions that I have. So one of the things I would, I would write down first is my translation in verse eight starts with the word, but, and I understand that the word, but sets up a contrast. So he's setting up obviously what's happening right before this verse with something he's trying to say. Well, well, what is he trying to say right before this verse? And why is he articulating verse eight? And so I'd want to work through that. I would write a bullet point that says, I shall receive power. So I don't go after the power. I don't somehow manifest the power within myself. 
I'm receiving that power. Well, who am I receiving that power through or from? Oh, I find out it's the Holy Spirit. And I find out that when the Holy Spirit has come upon me, that's when I receive the power. So again, just to make observations, I begin to just make a bullet list of things I see going on in the text and questions that I have. If I don't know anything about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, well, I'd maybe ask, well, what are those and where are those? And why is that significant in the passage for what Jesus is telling his disciples? So, and why does it start in Jerusalem? And then why does he say Judea? And then why Samaria? Is there a significance to the order? And we find out that there is, but I'll let you discover that for yourself. Again, the very first stage of Bible study is this idea of observation. And again, we're not making conclusions. We're not doing interpretation. We're merely asking the question, what is going on in the text? What do I see happening? And what are some questions that I can ask that kind of gets me behind the text itself? Now, again, if you're going to do good observation, you need to be asking great questions. And you also need to be spending some time thinking through this in terms of the words and maybe the grammar and original languages, if you can get to that, or the context. So again, all of that is contained in this concept of observation. Now, can I just encourage you? I don't want to intimidate you by thinking that you have to be some Greek scholar or remember your sixth grade grammar in order to study the Bible. One of the most incredible things that I found in scripture is that the author himself lives inside of us as believers. And as such, the author wants to reveal himself to us. So may I encourage you, even if you're not that smart, even if you don't feel like you have the academics, even if you feel like you're lacking in this realm of Bible study, it's actually okay because this is not about grades, grammar, or even Greek. This is about knowing the author and trust that if the author lives inside of you via the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that he wants to reveal himself to you, which again goes back to this purpose of Bible study which is allowing the author to demonstrate or showcase himself to you through his word and allowing him to reveal his heart and his passion of himself, but to you specifically. As I consistently say, the purpose of Bible study is knowing Jesus, the author, and then being transformed by that truth. Now, with that said, yes, if you can do word studies and if you can look at original languages by using a free resource like blueletterbible.com, or, hey, if you know some grammar and, and you can do that kind of things, yes, you're going to get into some greater depth of the word. But don't feel like you're, you're hamstrung or somehow at a disadvantage just because you may not know that stuff. Come humbly before Jesus Christ and say, God, would you, the author of this book, reveal truth and insight to me? And I promise you, he is so faithful to do that. Now, if you want some help to get started on asking good questions, I've put together a free resource where, there where there's over 75 different observations or questions that you can ask to a particular passage. Now, not all the questions apply to every single passage, but these are just a great way to get started in terms of, well, what kind of questions should I even ponder asking? And if you like that free resource, you can download that in the show notes for this episode at deeperchristian.com forward slash 164. And partway down the page, there's a link there that says, click here to download the 75 plus questions for observations. And you can just get all those directly sent to you via email. Now, there is a lot of depth in terms of this idea of observations, but I really want you to just take one step forward and begin to put this into practice. Next week, I'm going to come back to this idea of observations and talk specifically about context. But until then, could I encourage you to begin to do some observations? 
In fact, I would love for you to take Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and begin to look at that passage specifically. We're going to keep coming back to that passage and talking about it. Now, it'll help you if you look at the few verses before and the few verses after to kind of get the overarching context. But we're going to be specifically looking at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now, I helped you out a little bit earlier, but spend some time before the Lord and begin to just, okay, what's going on in the passage and what are some good questions? And if you can, seek out the answers to those questions. Now, again, we're not making interpretation. We're not trying to apply this to our life yet. We're just asking what's going on in the passage itself. And in the coming weeks, we're going to be coming back to the passage, talking more about it as we continue to discuss this idea of what does it look like to practically study the Bible? And again, I don't want to just give you information. I want you to actually practically, you know, sink your teeth into this. So I'm purposely trying to keep these episodes short so you can spend some time and actually apply these concepts. So again, look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And next week, we're going to talk more about observations, specifically context and how that can even apply to our passage here in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Well, again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast as we're going through this mini-series on how to study the Bible. And for show notes of this episode, including that download of 75 plus questions that you could be asking as you're making observations, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 164 for episode 164. And can I ask you to do me a favor? If you've enjoyed this podcast thus far, and it's somehow helped press you into the realities of Jesus Christ, the gospel, and his word, could you do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts? It really is a tremendous blessing because Apple uses these star ratings and reviews as a way to get the podcast in front of other people. So if you think others should be listening to this podcast, can I encourage you to go to Apple Podcasts and take about 30 seconds and leave a rating and review. Now, if you like a direct link, you can go to deeperchristian.com forward slash podcast, which will give you a list of all the different places you can listen to this episode, but just click on Apple Podcasts and it'll take you directly there where you can leave a rating and review. Well, thank you in advance for doing that. It really is a help and a blessing. Well, until next time, know I am cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ.